Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. I never, ever, ever thought I'd see the day when I decided to do a millennial money podcast, podcast uh, video reaction video. Truth is, I'm okay with two of the guys. I'm okay with Graham Steph and I'm okay with Andre Jick. I think they actually teach decent principles when it comes to managing your money right and managing your assets. I would rather trust them because they're actually, it's so funny how these two, Graham Stephan and Andre Jick, pair up with the biggest hacks. And I mean biggest hacks of all time. Jeremy from Financial Education, I'm looking at you. Meet Kevin. You made it big in real estate, but you're no stock picker. Stop it. Anyway, I still think they have the right to be gurus and money experts, but I'm here, of course, as always, I will never shut anybody up, but I will definitely say if something sucks, look, my show's not very good. In fact, any more lighting. There we go. <coughs> so you can all see my, oh, I'm hideous, but anyway, no, I'm just kidding, but um, I look all right. But anyway, on to the show. Let's start the reaction video. Enough introductions. So this millennial money, the greatest bubble of all time is what the title is called. This is actually the first time I've watched this video. I, I was actually thinking if I ever decide to watch these videos, I might as well place my ass on YouTube and stream it and watch along with you guys. So think of this as kind of a watch party and feel free to get in the chat. I will respond to all chat questions as always. Um, <coughs> give me a few more moments, guys. I got to go Notepad++. Notepad++. I don't know if anybody uses Notepad++, but it's incredible. I write all my scripts using it. I just love it. All right, let's roll. To Millennial Money, thank you so much for joining us. As always, folks, today we have Meet Kevin, Graham Stephan, Andre Jick, and myself, Jeremy LaFave, all in the house. And uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about here today, okay? Uh, we got to talk about Michael Burry and some comments he had around uh, the state of the stock market or just the financial markets in general. Yeah. He basically said, biggest bubble in history times two. So I agree we'll with Michael Burry that, on that one, okay? by the way. We're going to talk about China ports. I don't know if you guys heard, but there's like a 16 days right now to get some of these ships cleared in China. It could get worse. They're talking about inflation's going to go up even more. Well, you guys might hear some gonna feedback. Go Hold more. on. We're going to talk about millennials. We're talking about Bitcoin. We're going to talk about stocks. We're going to talk about some personal uh, life updates and things like that. And uh, before we get into this, guys, if you want to check out uh, for the first link in the description, we should right, have we go. a link down there if you're looking. So I had to lower down the volume. I didn't want there to be too much uh, feedback. And up to $2,300 from Webull. Check it out. It's the first link down there. So welcome in, guys. How's everybody doing today? Great. Doing well. Good, good, good. So l let's just get started with the serious stuff. What do you guys think about the Michael Burry? Did, did all you guys see the tweet he sent out a few hours ago? Um, you know, and, and for anybody not watching, just so you know, Michael Burry is the guy from the, the famous movie, The Big Short. And he, you know, correctly, you know, uh, 
got the housing market right that it was going to crash in 2007 eight, nine, right and they blew they blew him up into like the super famous like god of the financial markets now and um, hey, michael and burry is kind of god he also financial has made markets he's pretty incredible stock. so that that kind of makes for interesting dynamic <laughs> he's there. just first but, off um, michael yeah, burry you, fun you fact is just an autistic guy who's really team. incredible by the I way saw it. i saw your video on it it was really actually good. has asperger's so, syndrome okay. which is something that's interesting and i was diagnosed with when i was younger so was Fun fact about yeah, Michael Burry, so, man, so he's just a freak said, of nature said, uh, who just the has the ability to analyze uh, things like a beast. He's ever seen. Let, it's let like a rain man, basically. It's a stock market rain man. As far as the actual tweet goes. He says, uh, people always ask me, uh, what is going on in the market? He says, it's simple. Greatest speculation bubble of all time in all things by it two is a speculation bubble. of Super right. Time. Hashtag flying pigs 360, he says. Okay. Yeah. And you mean magnitude? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Magnitude. Magnitude. Yeah, say magnitude? Dude, I was watching. Listen, listen. I was watching a Pokemon uh, unboxing right before we got on here, and a guy pulled a magnet. <laughs> Is it Leon Magnitude holographic? Pokey or, Rev. Sorry, Pokey, Pokey Rev. Yeah. Pokey. Oh gosh! Wait, so, so, anyways, so how is he calculating the the uh, magnitude there? I'm I'm not sure I understand. So so two orders of magnitude is what a hundred, right? Times a hundred. <laughs> <Ten, Yeah. times. laughs> I don't know. I, what I that think means. he's just. I'm kind of curious how this actually sounds. He's just he's full serious. That's the big question. Um, I think he's Dude, Michael very, Burry's very not serious. I, we know Michael he is Burry, short Tesla, if I recall, right? He's a clear um, short. And it sounds like he, he, he's been he's talking about the very, index very bubble serious. for a while. And just to let you guys I think he's probably looking at everything going on, right? Not just, I think he's probably watching, you know, what happened with AMC stock, GameStop. Which probably you should be sort of short the market right now. Market, which there's going to be a bit of a pullback. many times that, you know, uh, I've been predicting this bubble for a while. Mania, right? When Michael Burry um, seen what talks about it, I was like, well, <laughs> we just talked so about solidified my value of that, right? You look at NFT, <laughs> what right? I was talking about. You look at real estate, you look at almost anything, right? Even some like sports cards and stuff like that. It's gone crazy, and so he's probably watching all that, and he's saying, "Hmm, this looks like some sort of massive bubble set up." But I, what, what do you think, Kevin? Because you're obviously super long mm. Tesla stock; he's short in Tesla mm. stock. What, what do you think? What do you think? Tesla's overvalued. Yeah, I, mean, I think a lot of his basis is uh, that uh, if you print 25% of the money that exists in the world, there's no way you can't have inflation. And uh, this is a debate, obviously, that we that we've Thank had you. many times on on the channel here. And uh, it's it's one that's probably the greatest debate in the finance community right now is that are we going to have long term inflation? Uh, yeah, and how high is hyperinflation right now? Most people are just crazy. questioning what what number is it going to be? We know it it's fucks here. the poor it and it fucks the middle class. Right? That's what inflation uh, does. That's why I, when you I keep printing trillions of fucking dollars, that, uh, obviously inflation <sighs> will inflect downwards <sighs> towards angry. the end of the year, September October towards the end of the year. Uh, Michael Burry has precisely the opposite expectation, uh, and so uh, if if you are expecting high inflation, what he's doing. I I think is accurate. Uh, short companies whose cash flows are in the future, a la Tesla, uh, short bonds, which is what he's doing, and go long on on very low uh, low multiple stocks, which um, could be Google, could even honestly be uh, your favorite, Jeremy Corsair. You know, could it, like companies that are making money today that that are very uh, very well valued or very cheaply valued. Uh, you know, Corsair is selling for like nine times right? something ridiculously low. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it just comes down to what side of the debate are you on? I will say these guys what, what are do you fascinating. you think, Graham, about all that? 
Yeah, I, I do like their debates. When was it? I think two years ago, he was talking about how the uh, index funds were a bubble. I can't believe I agree with Nate Kevin on this one a little bit. Two um, years ago, he said that. Now, yeah. whether or not that's the case. Maybe uh, he's starting to watch my videos. Maybe he's starting to turn into me. I don't know. What's crazy is, yeah. uh, just to reiterate really quick, what's, what's, yeah. and of course, continue. Sorry, but what's crazy is index funds have done the best over the last uh, six months here. Uh, you know, they've just crushed everything else. So, yeah. but anyway, keep going. But maybe that's because it's a bubble, Kevin. Oh, it's a bubble. Everything is a that. bubble. It's a huge bubble, man. You know, here's my thinking is that my uh, Michael Burry's been right quite a few times. And, uh, Damn. Right, short he Tesla, didn't he short that in January when it was like $850? I don't know if he still has that position today. He was right back then at least. Um, but he could be throwing out, this is short, this is a bubble, that's a bubble. And all he needs is one or two of them. And then everyone's going to be like, what? He called it. And then all the other ones, he could say, well, it's still a bubble. It just hasn't popped yet. So Yeah, some of these bubbles are really prolonged bubble the I fed mean, is pumping up the s&p 500 like crazy if just we are everybody know for quite some time i mean this could still double from here on out and even if it falls 50 percent, it's still the same price as where it is today so i'm ready for a while i can really predict that but i do think there are some things out there that are driving up prices beyond what's reasonable i've said this before i talk about this all the time but the used car market right now is yeah stupid. consumers getting fucked in the used car market right what now cars are yeah. selling for and you know what's funny? I just, for fun, I, just sold my I always Dodge wanted a Honda S2000. And I, I went on eBay just to see what they're selling for now. The thing is like 40 grand for a 2000-something Honda S2000. That, that, it's a great car, but just every used car right now is 30% higher than it should be. There's some stuff out there that, to me, just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, Andre, I, I, what do you I tend to agree with Graham. The thing about making predictions to me, it's never made any sense to make any predictions unless you give me a timeline. Like, if you don't give me a timeline, it doesn't make any sense to say anything ever. Like, I could tell you right now, Bitcoin's going to crash. Do, am I going to like look like a genius when it does eventually? <laughs> I guess I will. But can you give me like at least? But a Michael Burry's right. That way I know. It's and tough to tell. I'd be super interested to know. We don't know Michael when this bubble's going to pop, by the way. As far as the things he's predicted that he got wrong. Like, I guess index yeah. funds. I don't know. Did, did he get it wrong? Maybe. Maybe eventually he'll be right. But again, it doesn't make any sense to make predictions. Yeah, that's why I, I'm kind Otherwise, of a long-term short anything. on the S&P 500 in a weird way. But I also been against the VIX. <laughs> I love it, man. So you got that, UBXY that's, position, that's so right? So I've got yeah, put contracts, was, and they're actually uh, in the money in almost, which is nice. I got seven months till expiration, so that's sexy. So when the VIX goes down, I actually make a lot of money from put contracts. But I also slowly think, buy stock in the UVXY, so that way I position my average cost lowers. So if a market uh, crash ever happens, I'll be a rich motherfucker. So. Just in time, you know, as far as the market crashing. But that's a really good point. And um, yeah, it's just funny the way you know if you <clears throat> if you're a short seller, you you go negative on something, and you can make a, a big name for yourself. But it seems like you know. If you go long something, and you know, I brought this up in that video earlier, like you could get stock after stock after stock, right? No, no one cares about you, but you get that one bad thing to go wrong, that one put option, and all of a sudden you're hailed as a genius, man. It's interesting how that works. Um, the, the only caveat I think, Jeremy, in terms of like you look more like a genius when you short something, is that when you're shorting something, you typically are going against the grain. You're you're going against the flow, yeah. right? So, so it makes you seem a lot smarter. It is tough to go against the grain, actually. Right. That's one of the reasons why sometimes I do the well, momentum so. trades. Yeah, I could, I could see why people that are that short. I'm definitely um, get more credit. What do you for call it? it? But I don't know. What do you think? 
definitely yeah, pay brands. That's a good point. Uh, no doubt. That's a, that's actually a really good point. You know, so something I was Ooh. I was bringing out in that video earlier is you know, we were talking about the the market in general, and I was looking at like the Dow, for instance. I just pulled up the Dow because everybody, you know, even though. If you're really in the market, you usually paid more attention to the S&P 500 or maybe the, the NASDAQ. But the Dow is still that thing everybody looks at as like, the you know, the overall thing. Like, what's the Dow today? Oh, the Dow is down 5%, right? So, you know, in that video, I was talking about like, you know, the Dow in 1999 was over 11,000, right? So basically, the Dow has tripled up in the past 22 years, which is not that great when you really think about it. And especially when you consider like the value of the dollar since 1999 has gone through the floor, right? I mean, I'm assuming you could have bought a lot of dollars in currency, man. Of course, it's going to go down. It's not backed by anything with government, right? false government and promises. The market's so, only tripled. And the fact and I was we keep printing it, it's devaluing even further. We can look at 2007. The Dow was over 14,000, right? Dow today's 34,000. That's what? 14 years have passed, and all we've gotten is a little over a double up. That's not that's not good performance. You know what I mean? Um, so if you pull up like a one year, it's like, whoa, we did amazing. Well, yeah, we also had the fastest stock market crash in history, right? In, in, 20, in, in 2020. So I feel like there's always things you can kind of cherry pick to make the market look really overvalued or undervalued, depending upon you know what you're looking at. If you look at trailing 12 month PEs right now, look really high on the market. But if you look at forward P's, it's like, oh, it's not as bad, right? Um, but of course, if you're looking at trailing 12 month P's, you're talking about- So I tell about, everybody, man, you know, play both sides of a UVXY trade or a VIX, one of the VIX trades, the, the VIXX right? so, or the whatever. Yeah, so, There's so many ways to bet against the market while safely hedging your bets. Overvalued? I mean, because saying a stock is overvalued just because the price seems high isn't really saying much. So did he give a, like a particular reason why he thought the market was overvalued or is he just like just, just blanket statement like everything? Well, the market is overvalued. Yeah, there's not, not uh, high corporate debt. Just Think about this. There's high corporate debt. kind of frustrating. There's, because, um, you know, if you're going you know, to say short to the Tesla. Tesla and, and there's a lot of you know, trash, by the way, in the S&P 500, whether like, people like to admit it or not. Why you're doing that. And also, it's and, really you know, easy to borrow money right now. So you could do stock buybacks. And dude, once the interest rates finally pop back up, the Fed interest rates, it's going to be tougher for banks to borrow money. It's going to be tougher to borrow money and overall in a lot of businesses will cut back so pull back so it was a short and then they just it's kind of a losing situation i mean kevin like why why these guys keep wanting to short tesla like what is the fascination with let's short tesla man what is it about it it's overvalued tesla's overvalued jeremy does they're trying to change so much come on man Uh, and it's it's very easy to get with the program uh, uh, to, to look at all the things that can go wrong and have gone wrong, you know. Oh, but Tesla also the thing with Tesla, radar, as much as I love the company, it really is overvalued. Oh, PE ratio, last time you know, I checked, it's been a while, off. but That's it was like it. a thousand, one thousand you know, price so over earnings. It's so easy to point to all of those things and, and crazy. Them off, so it's overvalued. About, but it's a great uh, company. How, how it's going to take sucks, a long while, very long while to get to that. Major, major, like for the earnings to finally match the price. It's a thousand times the current earnings. That's unbelievable. And and if they do, I think they're. Uh, which I expect they're going to be tremendously successful. I don't think earnings power. Uh, folks recognize the potential of them being larger than Toyota. But you guys Toyota really need to talk like about the PE ratio. Seriously, millennial money guys, talk Tesla about PE ratio. Fifteen million, and they don't even it have is to overvalued. That many Duh. would be very profitable for most investors. I mean, if they just get to one to two million a year, the, the, you know, and, and and go there consistently, 
uh, people will make money. But uh, for now, gosh, it's easy to bag on a company while they're trying to develop any any automotive company. Tesla's an incredible company. Tough. I ain't bagging on it. It's just really overvalued because a lot of millennials and a lot of like, hey, we're basically going bankrupt. We got just enough money you, to Kathy, maybe get what? our beta car out. Uh, but uh, yeah, if we want to actually produce anything, we're going to have to basically dilute any of our shareholders and raise more money because it's it's so expensive. I wouldn't be surprised if Ride somehow becomes the next uh, momentum stock, as they call mm. it. It seems like every company does way too terrible. many fucking stupid momentum. But you know what? And especially they got such a great ticker. Ride. Ride. <laughs> yeah. Ride that to the moon. How can you let <laughs> close off the tongue? I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone says, hey, this is it. This is our that stock. Would, that would save the company because what they, they would immediately what? take advantage of that issue, yeah. either debt or shares, which they should. And that would save the company. They need a bailout. And so, yeah. But what's funny is people are now trying to weaponize uh, redditors, and and I think it's starting to work in some cases because I think you get people who are hedgies that are posting uh, articles on on uh, on Wall Street bets dressed up hedgies. as hedgies, uh, or, or sorry, dressed up as Wall Street betters, and then they'll you know probably have multiple algorithms or bots or whatever that can vote it up so it gets the velocity to get the the uh, interaction. And, I love the hedge uh, funds sure pretending to be regular stupid I, investors I, I be trying to pump up stock. It's a lot great. more than we think. And uh, I mean, look it's at uh, Paul Tudor Jones or whatever. He was on CNBC the other day. There's a lot of dumb kids going, out there. Oh, yeah. And they're all you know, on Wall Street if, bets. If, if you're on Wall Street bets and you're pumping up a stock doing and you're going you to be in the bag holder, I don't feel bad for you. I hope you lose I'm going all in on inflation trades because they're going to double or triple. And, and, you know, they're very, very shorted. They're very, very short. All it would take is some, like, like a Reddit crowd to come in here and it would mm-hmm. double or triple. It's very shorted. He's, like, emphasizing, like, shorted, right? Uh, and it's, like, it's just, like, pure just bait at this point to try to weaponize the Wall Street Pets movement. And it, I um, do want to use them as my own personal army, though. Yeah. I, mean, I want to use the Wall Street Bets as my own personal you know, army so that way I could pump up really stupid penny stocks and I'll be able to well. and I think it's really put some call options down judge what beforehand. true value really is. Totally fine with supply demand. Totally fine with so making them I'm not sure where he's getting that guess either. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Bitcoin will settle, like we said, 20,000. That's pretty much it's going to, it's low when it crashes. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know. What do you guys think cause this bubble to pop for real? Well, hold on. I want to add one more thing to what yeah, I, I want to add one more thing to what Kevin was saying there because uh, I've been I was thinking about that for the last couple months in regards to like Wall Street bets and I and I, I think we might might have brought it up one time, but like it wouldn't be that costly to really like take over Wall Street bets to be honest in terms of like hiring people in let's say a very very low wage country and just having an army of people that just downvote whatever you know post you want. <laughs> And upvote whatever you want. It would not be costly. Never mind that if you're happens. a billionaire, dude. That's cake. I mean, think about what happens in our YouTube comments section with all those scam comments. You know what I mean? And how people upvote that. That's little. That's very, very little stuff. Imagine you're you've got you know billions of dollars on the line. That, that's not, happened before. Yeah, that's happened with Bitcoin before and the Bitcoin subreddit as well. Has it? Yeah. And so that, that's what I, I do love these guys, but I know this show yeah, is designed to talk about stocks and try to pump them up. So thinking about it, all these guys probably happen and profit probably will from all of more it. in the future. And, and also, what's the repercussions for that? Is SEC going to even know about that? Do, do, would they even care? Oh, you, you're, you, you took over Wall Street bets and you downvoted all these other posts and you upvoted all your own posts. 
There's no law about that. No, what's that going to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, anyways, a lot of dump. It's really funny. I to a person. You can actually. And, what's really great is you can like, bet against uh, um, a lot of these they, they pump have to ups. Be able to prove I was so actually thinking about getting uh, really betting against using put options. I don't. Uh, and see theaters, but a lot of those put options are really, really high to be with as far as the premiums. That's all you need. So it's interesting. The premiums were very, very high for these. hacked. It wasn't even me. Someone else did it. I left my computer open in a public spot. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure nowhere in the law it states that you can't uh, hire an army out of you know whatever country and just have them go in there and just take over. So I don't know. That that's a whole other subject for another day. But yeah, you brought up good. Honestly, point, if you know, fall for right? a pump and dump scheme, you know, it's your fault. Kind of the, the like it really it is. That's why I don't read a lot. I love of, I read news articles about companies, but I read multiple then, uh, news articles also, before making a real determination about a company. Just to finish him off, you know, you got to do your research. What's your opinion? All there is to it. You know, a lot of these people will see one article about a penny stock and they think this is all I got to get into, man. This is all I got to do, and I'm in the money. or a bubble, and things like that. Yeah, well, I think we talked about them before, and uh, the general but I'm definitely paper hands that, with a lot of these uh, uh, Wall Street you know, bets. You can make so many predictions, and eventually you'll be right. And you'll look for like the most part, and I'm, I'm sure he believes what he's saying. I don't think he's manipulating the market. I don't think he's doing it for fun. I really do think he believes what he says. No, Michael Burry's right. Timeline. I just Jick, that man, make any sense Andre, to me why he'd make that prediction? Michael Burry's right. Now, as far as what it right, would man, take to crash you. the markets, I think it's kind of different for each asset class. Like, for example, in real estate, it might be interest rates for stocks. It might be, you know, us discovering that Reddit is highly manipulated. So the whole narrative changes to where you can't trust Reddit. You can't trust Wall Street bets. Of course you, know, you can. Could be it's a whole bunch of pumping dumpers um, on Reddit. You know, for real estate, there's just, interest rates. Should, for, instead of Wall Street bets, they should rename it pump and dump just, bets. Uh, everybody, really, it should be named from pump and dump bets. And then Elon starts it's a big pump and dump crap on Twitter. Like, Come a on, man. Things. But I do you guys think know that whichever one it happens to, I do think they're kind of interconnected. So like once one narrative takes over in one asset class and it really tanks it, I could see that fear spilling over into other assets. I should whack off while watching They're so highly connected. I think that's what it might take to to crash a market entirely. But each of them has their own different catalyst. Yeah, I I think that's totally right on. I mean, look at... uh, Are you guys actually going to vote for me, uh, Kevin, as a governor? I'm not. I mean, I'm not even in California, but if I was, I still wouldn't. At the same time... Tech all of a sudden I think he's flashy, but I still think he's a snake oil salesman. I really just don't. You know? then you he get seems scheming. Over in, I don't like uh, it. In, in momentum stocks. In, also, in, if know, he didn't March sell those courses, I probably would be totally fine with him. He just sells $500 courses for like stock picking, and he's not a very good stock guy. He's a great real estate guy, though. I can tell. He's great at real estate, but they each get their turn. I like this. He does not need to teach kids how to stock pick. Teach them to buy AMC like idiots. <laughs> on the inside, it's I'm, like the level I've of index so funds. Far. They keep going up, but all this madness is happening. Inside. Uh, because it's a bubble. <laughs> any day now. Yeah. But no, I, I don't know. I think that anything that we could predict is probably priced into some level. Like we know at some point they're going to raise interest rates. We know at some point the Fed's going to stop purchasing bonds. So a lot of these measures that are in place today, at some point, are going to end, and they're and they're making it very clear. Hey, we're probably gonna, you know, simmer down a little bit in like 2023. We'll see where we're at. We're not doing any changes. Like they're telling us. So I think it would have to take another black swan event. That's what I honestly believe. <clears throat> but like Andre, I mean, everything is going to be separate. Like tech is going to be separate from growth. Is going to be separate from crypto. It's probably going to be separate from real estate. But I think it's got to take another black swan event. 
but even but even if a black swan event happens, which I mean, obviously it did with COVID, we didn't let the free market do its thing. We were like, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> because, that's, because you have to pick between government the interfered in the free market big time. You you let the economy and just people go fend for themselves. And sure, the rich people are gonna gonna swoop in and buy at a certain price, and they're gonna own everything else. Or you support the markets and you artificially raise it until it's good enough again on its own. Don't Either get, way, I think there's 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 a cost benefit of both scenarios. And they no, the no, 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 it's not a good idea to artificially pump the market for the population. But here's a crazy theory: doesn't if, if they let the free market do its thing, wouldn't the that be helpful to towards the general population more so than not letting it crash? Because no. if it did crash, who's who? Who are the people that are losing money the most? It's the wealthier people, right? So True. By oh. protecting the markets, who are you really Andre, protecting? You're protecting more of dude, the wealthy class of people. Who I agree are with you on that. No, I would disagree. I think if you let the if you let the markets do their thing, the wealthy people are going to benefit way more. Imagine the people sitting on tens of or hundreds of millions in cash, just waiting for people to get desperate enough. Be like, I I got to sell my business. Just give me anything to get me out of this. I can't tell you. I have a good friend of mine who bought like who uh, who bought a uh, like a franchise business. His business shut down, and he uh, was. I still think it's a bad idea to get government involved. Historically, it just, when government franchise. gets too involved Despite in saving businesses, no well, there's some businesses that shouldn't be saved. Now, I will admit, the government with all their lockdowns and shutdowns was bullshit. And, and, and no one was know. was out there buying it. But my point being, that would have gotten probably five times worse. It would have gotten two magnitudes worse had the free market just done its thing, and you would have the the wealthy people just scooping up every deal. They deal would have been. Totally Gosh, fine with the free market. Like the free markets run and do their thing would be much more beneficial towards more people well, than not. Just because Andre, yeah, hey, hey, you know, I mean, if they let that happen, dude, Andre, you need to get off this channel because right be you're right, right now. and most of these I'm guys are idiots. That. That's assuming um, that the stock market is related to the economy, right? Like, is that what you're? No, that's assuming no, because the the if we didn't pump all that stimulus money out, dude, there, go if the Fed didn't step in and say everybody can get a loan and the PPP and all that dude, stuff. Fuck you, Fed Jeremy, you dumbass. I'm fully convinced we'd be sitting at 25, 30 percent unemployment right now. No, that's true. Be, I doubt it. Yeah, ugly on ugly, and so you know that would be. No, a the lockdowns didn't happen. First off, the government situation right now. If right? the government wanted to uh, wanted to done lockdowns instead. It, we have maybe a situation where we have too much money and things are just going up in value, right? And and we got this other situation on our hands to handle, right? But it's a very different conversation than if everybody's struggling. No, the, the, and, the markets are being artificially you know, said, pumped up, Jeremy. You yeah. can ask. It's going to crash. It's going to be ugly. The wealthy, regardless of what <sighs> we're doing. If we're propping up the market, guess who's getting richer? The wealthy. If you let the markets fall, guess who's going to be buying everything? The people with money. So I guess you could argue it either way. Yeah, yeah but at least, at least if you prop up the market, you're not going to get 25% unemployment. So it's like either way, you're right. I mean, people who t participate in the markets are, are going to be the ones making money, regardless of where you are in the totem pole. But if you're invested, but yeah, there's definitely a reason good. I rack up right. on the UVXY. Makes a little I mean, seriously, if you rack up hey, on the UVXY, which what is, if it's a volatility we're able to print all this money, ETF, volatility index, the ETF, money it's incredible. We're able to print in, in a matter of a year, all well, also betting money. against it, and then you should bet against what if something all of a sudden, that's that volatile. No inflation. Well, it, it just goes away. Play both sides. It's just the away. best way to do it. These valuations are higher. Why are the valuations higher? Because everybody's got more freaking money. Everybody's got more money. Returns, expected returns go down. 
Uh, long run expected returns go down a few percent. You know, maybe index funds don't return seven uh, percent year over year anymore like they used to. They return four percent. Funds people are okay with it because they got more money. Probably Just won't look at what's return a lot. Real estate. You got rents went up like five percent uh, year over year. Housing prices went up fifteen to twenty percent. But I'm nobody still, cares. With, with all my hatred, I've been with all the hatred I've been showing towards index funds. I still am an index fund. They just a return, so they're willing to take a lower return. It's it's just all it is is return compression. It doesn't have to be a bubble if everybody's willing to just. Here we go. We're good. We're just willing to accept less. In the meantime, we'll you'll low on AMC. But it just seems like asset inflation and, and, and taking on that risk affects more so the poorer people because it's just like crazy inflated prices and they're the ones taking the bigger risk. So I don't know. I think it's a complicated, complicated issue. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's totally complicated. But I mean, like, what's what's an easier market for somebody who's poor to be able to get a to get a loan to go to college or trade school, get a job and 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 actually, you know, try to progress and, and start building wealth, even though asset prices are higher. What's an easier start for somebody in, in coming out in 2009, graduating and nobody's hiring? Uh, now you got a degree, but nobody's freaking hiring. Uh, and, and so you're, you're epic screwed. So it's kind of like Graham said, it's like either way, it's like it's just the rich get richer. And it's always the case. It's just which is like the lesser of two evils. It's kind of like the Fed, like, hey, we're cranking the money printer so but fast. But here's the thing, though, you stop. guys, you're but if not we getting stop, Well, then that in the long term, the government continuing to, to pump up because the economy artificially is going to, go to make it crash really, really hard. And when that crash does happen, and when the Fed is unable to continue to back up the market, it's a fake market right now. Well, a good example is a bubble and it's going to pop one way or Now, the Fed may still be able to keep pumping this up. My parents were able to buy a house that they live in here. I mean, while they pump it up, I'm going to still buy the UVXY as it continues to dip. the bottom of the market. Wow. And, and so if you compare which would have been the better scenario to buy 2008 or today when prices are much more inflated, I would say 2008, even though unemployment was high, things were falling apart, at least the asset prices were more affordable. And in today's markets, I'm not sure they would be able to afford that same house, which has now grown to $300,000 based on their salaries. So I don't know. Yeah, I, but that's but you're comparing. Honestly, if you own a home right now, just fucking sell it and put all the money in that were 50, 60 percent something. Off. Some something that'll pay you every month or every three months. You're going to buying airlines and car companies back then. I was buying Ford at like five dollars a share, uh, which was unbelievable. Two thousand eight was just an anomaly for real estate. So this was very much Man, a if I, with stocks. And uh, if I would have been in the markets in 2008, I would have really bought up everything time, during that crash. Uh, real the crash was would the have best been time hit, to buy, I'll tell you. Been six to would have racked up on an S&P 500 index fund like back, crazy. For the most part. Oh, sorry, the, this, the markets were, were already back. So real estate never had time to dip like the stock market did. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think definitely the, the the middle class or even under the middle class are the ones that got hit the worst by that. I mean, I have a friend who, you know, he bought a house in North Las Vegas, you know, this is 2007 or six or seven, and he paid over 400000 for it. You know, by 2009, it was worth 200000 And so he, he ended up just, you know, walking away from it or doing a short sale or whatever. Uh, you know, my, my wife's parents, you know, uh, they had the variable rate. So that rate jumped up. They couldn't afford it anymore. Had to foreclose on that house. So, I mean, the, the middle class and under the middle class really are the ones that get screwed. In any type of real economic turmoil, they're the ones that get it the worst. 
um, rich people are just less rich. Agreed. That, that's kind of the way it works, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making the, voice, uh, the point for the really like middle, lower middle class people, which is where my parents came from. So that, that's Jeremy, actually, I'll give you props. <laughs> Jeremy does yeah. make yeah. all of us did. good analysis. Yeah. yeah. The problem analysis is the, sometimes, the, the, but you know, most folks the most part, that are in that, that group, unless you had on them, you know, you when Jeremy's on a show like this, I actually kind of like it. Yeah, they're doing his pumping down bullshit. I hate it. There were deals everywhere, but just people couldn't afford it. You know, it's just like you couldn't get financing. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, it was an interesting time to enter the workforce. You know, when I was entering the workforce, 2008, 2009 at Walgreens, man, I had assistant managers, you know, that had business, you know, degrees, master's degrees, working as assistant managers at Walgreens, making like 34K a year. And it's like, Oh gosh, that's just sad, man. You went to school for four, six years, took on all that debt, and you're, you're, you know. But that was that was what we had at that time. Like you just, there weren't the jobs out there, man. And so right. you had to do whatever you took just to to make ends meet, right? Um, right. Where and man, it's crazy, it, it, you know, to watch what's going on right now, right? Uh, you know, entering the workforce when myself and a lot of us did, right? And now seeing everywhere now hiring signs, help wanted. Places are having to close the inside dining rooms because they don't have enough staff. And even if they, they, they are, are, you know, paying more, like there was McDonald's that you can't even like go into because they don't have enough staff to, you know, run the inside part. So I'm just like, it's just a crazy time period we're going through, man, right now. Well, it's, it's because there's like more incentives, by the way, to the not workers they need. It, it's not more incentive. Man. Yeah. Um, it, it's also quite shocking to think that, uh, the Fed will never let the market get bad enough to truly collapse. And I mean, it's good and bad. It's yeah, good in the dude, sense that that gives it. you confidence that like if you invest in the markets, chances are even if things get bad temporarily, they're going to step in and kind of save you. But it's also scary to think that like at this point, they won't let the markets fail. Except for crypto. They'll let those fail. They'll yeah, the cool thing is fail. because they'll the Fed first. keeps pumping <laughs> up the markets, yeah. the eventual crash is going to be huge. There are so many... When the Fed decides uh, to stop propping up the market, like, if this happens, artificially, okay, we'll this. crash is going to be fucking lower, huge. Okay, it's going to we'll be crazy. Uh, Just to let everybody know. It's one of like, the reasons why I continue slowly trading. bet against Remember it. Remember that in uh, in March, the stock market circuit breakers, and it just oh, kept man. getting hit. Stop. stop you got to realize stop. that if a market done today, crash really they happens. They really do everything they can to make sure the market doesn't fall. It's possible the market may not crash because the Fed will keep intervening, but just, uh, eventually it will. We're just going to face it. This is the truth. Yeah. You would have to change everybody's mentality back to a very old school mentality around every man fights for his own bread and it's every dog for himself. And we're just, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk said it many years ago. He's like, we're way too soft for that nowadays. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, you know, not even to use the word soft, it's just like, who wants to go back there? You know what I mean? Like, no, who wants to does. see? Who, yeah, who wants to see twenty five percent unemployment, thirty percent unemployment? I don't think anybody wants to see that. No, then you know, a war, right? Um, right? You know, another world war or something like that. Like, we don't want to see that. Like, it's just like it's a bad time, man. You know, so I don't think I don't think it was possible we go back there because I just don't think people would, you know, allow it. So yeah. Now I think the what's realistically going to happen is a lot of money is going to get printed and taxes are going up. That that that's realistically what's going to happen, and I think they say it's you know four hundred thousand and over. Just wait, and pretty soon it'll be okay. Now it's three hundred and fifty. Now it's three hundred thousand. Now it's two fifty. I think it's going to keep going down. That's what I Save think. Us, <laughs> Save us, Kevin. Save us. Jeez, man. No California kidding. is pretty soon. It's like oh, you know, thirteen point three. Let's just make that an even fourteen. 
<laughs> plus, oh, plus another another one percent tax if you make more than five million a year. Just just one percent. So another thing it I disagree with is taxing 0, 0, people more of a people. percentage. Don't worry about the higher that's percentage for making more. That's just a, stupid. A guy, there should be more incentives to be rich. Because I read it and I'm like, this is not going to happen, or at least I hope not. Uh, well, not that it really. I think there should be a flat point, tax. To be honest, ten percent tax for everybody, a, including rich uh, people, like a, including poor people. If you make it, if you have an income, ten percent tax. Somebody proposed this one time, and this is the federal Congress proposed a one time like. Uh, certain percentage was like, I don't know, one, two to 5%, depending on how much you had uh, any an amount of net worth over $50 million. We're taking like 2% and any right. amount over a hundred mil, it was like 5%, yeah. but just like one time. And I'm like, Oh no, it'll, it'll just end up being recurring every year or something yeah. like that. Kevin. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, stuff like that. I can see happening. We're going to go off topic just for like 30 seconds here. Can you tell us why they don't do a flat tax and why that wouldn't work? Because that's been the one thing that can like I've always yes. wished. Thank you, Graham. Flat tax. Me? Yeah. No, I'm totally down with the flat. In general, tax. you would know more about this. I'm not familiar with. I mean, just like super, super quick. Uh, yeah. So a flat tax is deemed unfair to uh, people who make less money. It, it makes more sense to have a progressive uh, tax than a flat tax because Boo. with a progressive tax, you're paying very, very flat little tax. percentage. It's the same percentage of, of your money when you're making twenty thousand dollars. Maybe you're paying eight percent in total taxes, right? When you're making uh, ten million dollars, you're you're paying like fifty-eight percent of, of your money, which is is deemed to be Fuck. a relatively similar I kind of agree burden. with it at the beginning of the video uh, but when you start spouting off this bullshit somebody making $20,000 paying $1,800 or whatever in taxes it's fair be because a percentage is a percentage uh, roughly right? the same as somebody taking who's 10% of your income seeing, for everybody that's fair you know, that's called fairness uh, and, and you want so fair it's, taxation it's that, flat tax simple as that dude burden is what they're trying to create but I mean then for entrepreneurs it's like why the F am I working you know so it's a balance yeah. Without getting Flat too tax. much into the weeds, because I'm sure we're losing people talking about taxes, but have you thought we're about... Uh, you're talking about flat taxes, taxes and it goes up. <laughs> what about... Uh, yeah, I'm down with flat tax. Thank you, Grant. Consumption. Uh, what, sorry, what about a what? Taxation based on consumption. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an issue as well. I mean, we don't already don't down for grocery taxes, right? <laughs> it's because we're trying to protect people from... Uh, basically getting regressively taxed where it's like, well, you know, poor people spend a disproportionate amount of their, their income on goods and services than wealthy people do. Uh, now, usually where people go, okay, well, then maybe the best consumption tax is just like a luxury tax where right. private jets and yachts and yeah. Dom, Perignon, you know, and, and all of the really expensive stuff uh, gets, uh, gets uh, mega taxed. But then again, it's all of the wealthy people that have the money to donate to political campaigns that are like, hey, uh, you know, I'll donate to you. You get rid of that yacht tax, you know, whereas you know the poor people don't really have any power. So, But you know what else I was thinking on that on that chain of thought? If you do a luxury tax, all of a sudden wealthy people will be incentivized to spend less. And that means less money going back into the economy. Because right yeah, well, now, first, I was thinking – yeah, yeah. Where, where people just go yeah. buy it in a different country and then they get the tax revenue <laughs> right right now for me it's weird because i feel like there's a frugality tax the fact that i don't spend money it's making sure the sound sounded more right. tax and it's almost getting to a point now where it's better now start spending money uh reinvesting back into a business because that gives you a write-off and lowers your tax rate and, and and now you're putting money in the economy so yeah, that's. I, I think they want to encourage more spending, if anything. For sure. Yeah. Anything they can do to encourage spending is is uh, great. I mean, there's there's a reason why it's like, oh, let's bring back the hundred percent meal deduction, you know, to try to give back to restaurants and stuff. Tax. Uh, it, look, people 
people spend based on taxation. It makes sense to me. I mean, I'm more willing to buy cameras for the office because it's all right. I, I mean, I rarely go to it, you know, because I'm getting like a 50% off coupon. So, so why not? So. Right. 100%. No, that makes sense, guys. Uh, man, that, that brought me to so, so many other subjects we could get on uh, that I've, I've, we probably won't go over. But if we have time in this video, we go over like, nervous. I'm uh, COVID like shot. countries be getting together so. and agreeing. Uh, that they're going to have a 15%, uh, you know, corporate tax rate throughout the world. Yeah, we're not going to touch that. Maybe it may never happen. happen. Yeah, and then you get an exit, but then there's an exit tax, so you can't well, escape it. Yeah, and, and also you get into like that, and then you kind of get into globalism and all these countries working together, and you're not really your own country. Other subjects. So, have you guys? So, here's something to bring everybody down even more. Prices might get even more expensive to everything. I don't know how many people have heard this. Kind of some news on the DL. Of course, prices. The demand's so high and supply like is so small. Of course, prices are going get, up. Because uh, there's so much money that's that out in the economy. Usually, it's about and people are spending like crazy. It's like the roaring twenties, except and for so what they're printing money to give it to everybody. All the supply it's, chain it's, stuff it's that has been up. issues. Which, if you've ordered almost anything in this world <laughs> recently, you know about supply chain issues, furniture, anything that's made internationally, especially right. Uh, cars. I mean, I, I'm walking. I'm, I've gone by some dealerships recently, and I'm like, holy smokes, that lot is empty. Like, it's rare to ever see car dealerships where they're empty, right? Or like even remotely empty. So I'm not sure. Did you guys hear about that? And uh, you know, do you have any thoughts on this whole supply chain issues and when it will fix itself? So you're, you're telling me if I want to build a $3 million house and I want to source my materials in China, I have to wait 16 days instead of half a day? Yeah. So uh, from what I understanding, the, the unloading, loading of, of ships in China is like at 16 yeah. days. And I heard it's a mess here in the States, too. I haven't looked into what's going on in the States, but I heard it's, it's still messy even in the, uh, the Long Beach ports and uh, South Carolina and, and other places as well. But um, yeah, China is obviously the lifeline of the United States economy for the most part in terms of getting stuff, right? They make they make like half our stuff, probably, if not more than half our stuff. So, uh, yeah, our dependence on China, by the way, I just want to say this right now is like, I don't know mess. when this fixes itself. I don't know if we're talking like a month or like good. six months or 12 months. It's a mess, so man. What, what, what does it affect? Is it just you're talking about like retail or, or what it, what prices? Everything. I mean, you, Everything. you think about it, right? Because like the, there's a car shortage and there's like issues around getting like semiconductors for cars, right? And so that's causing like production problems with, you know, auto manufacturers, right? But then you think about how much goes into making an automobile, right? Uh, you know, whether you're talking about an ice car or an electric vehicle, right? There's so many True. parts and components of that that come from so many different parts of the world. So if the supply chain is all bottlenecked, Let's right? See, yeah. All of a sudden we're in this situation where, you know, it's like, uh, how do you how do you make this car? If all it takes Ooh, is it's going to get rough. I mean, do you see where Jeremy's coming right? from here? You're missing one critical component of the car, and the car is not made. Um, and you can try to get it from somewhere else, but if it's the like the chip shortage is really proven as well, right? As an example, you're just, still out of luck. You know, so if a semiconductor company can't make any semiconductors and you need it for the car itself, you won't be able to build that whole fucking car. I agree with you, Jeremy. Uh, wow. I'm actually agreeing with Jeremy. The only problem is like if companies just settle down, they're like, well, if people are willing to pay these prices, let's just keep them. And how long that's is that? I think. Kevin, right. That's what I think. Uh, Kevin disagrees and he said, well, no, there's, someone's going to lower prices somewhere and eventually it's going to come down. I'm a firm believer that it's going to start at the bottom. All of a sudden, the the manufacturers, wherever they're getting the materials, realize that, wait a second, we could be charging more. The next people, we could be charging more. The next people, we could be charging more. 
they're paying it. And then it slowly works its way to the consumer. That's what I think. And it's all going to even out at a certain point. There's more money in circulation now that, that can pay for it. So I, I, think, I think things are going to stay somewhat high. Maybe not as high as Sorry, the inflation narrative is alive. It's real. Uh, I don't but, but, inflation. It, but I don't know if it's I wouldn't call it inflation. No, there's inflation. Uh, but, uh, it, it's it, it's artificial that lumber, by the way, went down. Lumber started to go down for the first time in uh, what like ten months. Wow. It's still about damn time double. It's still double what it what it once was, but it's not triple anymore. Have you guys so, noticed that the real estate market is kind of cooling off? It's, it's happening in Vegas. Like our, our our real estate is definitely slowing down. But maybe that's just like a seasonal thing. I don't know. You guys would know. Where are you, where are you seeing that? I've seen yeah. the only reason it's slowing down is because sales have not been as high because yeah. builders can't build enough to satisfy the demand. But when you look at prices, prices mm. keep going up. So when you see like home sales slow down, it's like, it, it, it's clickbaity because it makes you think, oh, the market's slowing down, but it's not. It's just they can't build enough. So people can't buy houses that don't exist. That's all mm -hmm. it is. That's my understanding, at least. Hmm. Yeah, a lot, a lot of home builders, especially here in Vegas. They a lot of people are also moving away from California and going to places exactly. like Vegas and Texas. And now and a lot of them are getting tricky. In and, Oregon, and, they're invading and, um, Oregon. It sucks. You know, uh, I don't know what Taking I want to call bullshit. them. But let's just put it this way. Socialist like, you know, liberal agenda and bringing right? it here. They're only well, releasing so, now. Oregon's already pretty fucking liberal and annoying. They're only releasing like two a month. And then they're having like 20, 30, 40 people bid on that lot. Honestly, if you were to so get, get rid of Portland, like if Portland crazy, was to be right? moved away, like the population of Portland and they just went to somewhere else, to actually build the house itself, it would probably right? be a red state. And so if you're the Oregon home builder, definitely it's probably ingenious, be a red right? state. Let's, let's limit the amount of lots. It kind of sounds a little evil, right? Some people are going to be like, that's a little evil. But for the home builder, from their perspective, they want top dollar for that. And if that means somebody's going to pay double what that lot is, you know, was worth a few months ago. Why not? Hold on. So why are we doing this? My question is, why aren't we doing this right now? <laughs> why are we not buying lots and building real estate on top of it? Yeah. I remember at the time when I was looking in your area, Jeremy, lot premiums were like 200 grand. So that you're telling me that now they're up from that. Yeah. Like oh, the, massively. The minimum was 200 grand. That was like the, about the entrance price. You're not, sure you're now, not what, seeing like, there under a million. Man. Really? So they've sold yeah. out of them. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the last bunch will go for at least one million just for the pure land, if not probably one point five. Um, yes. I would almost guarantee that. And then you got to still build the house. So, but that's the yeah. way they're doing it. Yeah. Good. So that yeah, that, that yeah, gets back to thing, point, Andre. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andre, when you're talking about going and buying land and, and then building a house and selling it, the only issue with that is that by the time you finish construction the market could very well have changed. Like imagine sure. you're spending right now like 30% premiums across everything. And then by the time you finish the house a year and a half later, because everything is so delayed, the price of materials came down. And now all of a sudden, like you'd be lucky to like break even on a house because you spent so much on a house itself. Yeah, building Total a house right now with the lumber prices up so high and all the prices overall up. Where they I mean, you'd have to wait for the prices to correct themselves for building a for the building of a house to be more profitable. When you unless have you a sell house it for a lot. like finishing completion now with materials that you bulk ordered a year ago, right. oh, man, the profit. Part of me wonders, Jeremy, if it's a good idea to buy Toll Brothers stock. I mean, I see they're at uh, basically an all-time high, and I don't yeah. know if this is sustainable or not. But Th that's why I don't like it. Toll I Brothers love Toll is a great, great company. I love the company. 
I'm a believer in it long term, but man, you know, housing is is gets commoditized. But and they right probably now, are a little overvalued. High, and whenever you're dealing with a commoditized way to look stock, it up. like a Toll Brothers or even like an MU Micron um, or any of those companies, they go through these high periods, man. And right now things are great, but you know it's just a matter of time before things start curious. slipping the other way. Toll Brothers 54, 58, 44. It's a question of when, right? Is it six months? Their PE ratio is not bad. 13.8. Eventually, it's going to happen. They're 13 times the price of earnings. It's not bad. This way, from the sky high level they're going to have in 2021, right? And then all of a sudden, it slowly starts to weaken. And no one wants to buy a stock when things are going down. Look at Rocket, RKT. Kevin could probably talk about that one, right? I mean, you know, it's it's a hard stock to get people to buy because they're, they're making tons of money still, but they're expected to just do this over the next couple of years, right? Where revenue is going to go down, net income is going to go down. So, but well, I, tattooed I, chef. Yeah, hey, 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 hey. No, check this out on housing really quick. This is a uh, me, median sale prices on housing. It's just, it's literally, look at this. This right here is like the second week, third week here of January, 314,000. I don't even, this is all metros. Uh, and so in the nation, right? And it's literally from 314. This is two week periods here. Next two weeks, I'm sorry, next week, 317. So next and, week, 319. Kevin 323, 26, estate, 28, guys, 32. So. And it's literally just going up like $7,000 now a week. And now it's sitting at like, or $4,000 a week. Now it's sitting at 356. I mean, you're just like, it's crazy. Kevin, why, serious question, why are you not selling off some of your real estate? Because I am for the first time ever. Good question. I have never been tempted. The only thing holding me back right now is being in the highest tax bracket and just all of a sudden 36% is gone. So like, yeah. thinking, well, if I take a 36% haircut, I got to believe that the market needs to drop 36%. Pause some. And then I'm in right. like, you know, th just the, uh, for low tax rates. See, that's the, the thing about real estate, man. On this is so low I, I mean, you still get like, taxed on stocks and shit. Why would you sell off some of the recently purchased it's, properties? Honestly, it's so much yeah, easier well, to I mean, trade First of all, the argument you gave stocks. there is literally like the argument as to when I, people I make are more like, money well, why didn't you sell Tesla? Real it's like, well, because if I sell it, I'm going to give away 55%, and I may as well just take the gamble that's not going to drop 55%, you know? Uh, but uh, anyway... So, yeah, I mean, uh, and that's with for really low cost basis stuff. But, yeah, stuff recently entered. I mean, stuff that I have under development, I would sell it on a heartbeat. If uh, Like stuff that I've recently bought where it's like, look, I don't want to sit through the architecture for the next two years or whatever. Sure, buy it off of me. No problem. I would sell it on a heartbeat. Some of my old stuff, it'd be, it'd be a problem. Some of the old, the old, the stuff that I bought, like, early last year or the uh, the recent houses that i bought that are not development projects but that are more just like oh that was a really good deal where i'm up you know a couple hundred grand on individual houses or whatever like, what am i gonna do with the money in a second. like where am i gonna put it so it's like okay well then i get the money what well, do, do i put more of it in the stock market and now i'm less diversified then i pay the taxes on it or do i 1031 exchange so i don't pay the taxes but if i do that then i'm a buyer in this crappy market you know so i'm just like it's yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, a, that, that's a good point, Kevin. And, and what, what's been going on? I don't follow, uh, you know, California or Southern California real estate much. Is is it super healthy right now? Is it flying as high as other parts of the country? Uh, what's going on there? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same as just uh, a lot of the different parts of the world or country mostly where you have this. There's nothing on the market, but lots of homes are selling. They're just either selling pre-market on day one. 
uh, or, or just totally privately. Like some of them sell under with coming soon signs, you know, so there's pre-market, there's private, which is totally off the market. Uh, and then there's just day one, two, it's gone. And so this gives the impression to newer folks that, ah, there's nothing to buy. Well, yeah, nothing's on the shelves, but as soon as the, the inventory comes in, it goes off the shelf, right? It's, it's like you're stocking up for a hurricane. People are like, oh, the bread came. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's it, uh, the one thing that is tempting, though, is to always stay away from uh, the, the madness of dealing with like uh, – with architects and engineers, and it's not their fault. It's it's the cities because they will make your life miserable. And so, if you, I mean, hey, somebody wanted to buy out some development projects. That's why I the like state's got to stay so. out of the way when it comes to real you estate. You may as well. You may as well go yeah. through your portfolio. Get out of real the ones estate, that don't make sense. Yeah. Don't uh, interfere with. If you're able to get a premium on that, yep. stuff. Me as well. This is a good time to sell yeah things things that take uh because yeah. there's also the the uh, you know we were talking about this even before there's, just land there's in the general. opportunity cost of of uh, not just like literally your time but also your like stress levels in in your life like how you you can only cool put to just buy so much stress into somewhere. the pot of your life you know and it's like if you could go in there and just splash some stress out you know that's worth <laughs> something too a hundred percent, man. That's that's worth more than money sometimes. Uh, so, Kevin, by the way, how many? Just real quick, how many properties uh, are we talking? You have nowadays? Uh, like 24, 23, 24, something like that. Uh, but the last, fleet, uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's a decent uh, amount they, of properties. Honestly, all of them that are like all of them that we're, where we stuck to our formula, where it's just like you go in. You spend 30, 50 grand, uh, fix it up, you know, put in the new furnace, the new flooring, paint. Like I said, the guy's a real estate expert. Those are I don't, I don't respect it, his like stock picking. Amazing tenants. I mean, if you want to learn about real uh, estate, so definitely get his real estate course. Uh, I bet it's pretty good. Like the, but the net worth when we put in from what I've seen, he's a shitty okay. stock picker. Uh, and, well, not just stock picker, but just but the entire, as as his entire philosophy in the market is a little haphazard. He definitely treats it like a casino gambling machine. I could probably make money selling But me, Kevin, is pretty legit in real estate, though. He's got the experience, he's got the street cred, and he's really good. Get so. out and happy. Yeah. The the nice thing about uh you know real estate going up, especially here in Vegas, I'll speak for Vegas, uh, you know, is people are actually putting money into their houses again. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of houses here in Vegas that that, you know, I'm talking even houses that are, you know, a million and up that, you know, are just very dated, but people haven't really wanted to spend money renovating, you know, a hundred grand, two hundred grand, three hundred grand, because they're like, I don't know if I'm gonna get that ROI on that. Whereas, you know, if you've got a property in LA, right? It's not even like you, you don't even think about it. You just do it, right? Like you're just like, oh, I'll spend whatever. Like, oh, I don't care. In, in Vegas, it's a very different mentality. But I can say, you know, there's definitely a lot of folks that have thought and they're like, oh, let me change up the kitchen. Let me, let me, uh, you know, put in a pool or do these sorts of things that people definitely years ago. I definitely want to finish this episode though. And, and with interest rates being low, from my understanding, I was speaking to a gentleman that runs a, you know, a refinancing company and like a mortgage company in general, right? He's saying a lot of people are doing basically like cash out refis, I guess. They're pulling out the money and going ahead and, and uh, you know, spending that to, to upgrade their house or whatever. So uh, it's good to see. I just do worry. I'm like, how long does it last, man? But I'm like, it's, it is it is a positive good thing to see, right? Right. That's my well, question. Good for everyone else. Not for them. I'm wondering if I should cash out refi as well while the prices are still high. Because that would be unfortunate if I cash out refi with the price crash. Why? No, that would be a good thing. If you cash out refi while well, the prices are high and the property yes. dips below that, that's yeah. fantastic for you. That's what I'm saying. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I would do it before that happened. That would be great. Yeah. I would do it. You would, you would do, do it. it. Yeah. 
but there's some there's there's a peace of mind about having your 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 house completely paid off and not having to worry about it. I don't know. I listen, at these rates, it's just I agree with you. I think psychologically, it, it makes uh, it's it's easy not to have to worry about that. But for you, that's why oh, man, rates are so low. You could do a lot with that money, and I think over the next thirty years, you'll make more than what you pay on that interest rate. Like logically, I think it's just why so I tell sense. people rent, rent, one rent, property, you're man. I, I mean, well, I I make a lot of money in markets, but me renting, and you're going to be best down thing like. In the world. Ten thousand. My place is a shithole. But... Worst case, that's what's what right. it's going to cost you. If I if I pull out eighty percent, it would be a little over half a million. So about five hundred k that I could get back in my pocket. Filling out a couple things right. real quick. Then use for taxes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say would. that I can then use to just keep in cash so it <laughs> melts away. <No. laughs> so I can yellow it all into Doge. Mm-hmm. Andre, yeah. you you don't have a you don't have a cash problem. You have an assets problem. That's what you. Have. You yeah. don't own enough assets, man. You own you got too much in cash and not enough in assets. Um, gosh, now I have a decent amount. Uh, with uh, with the tax, always got to have assets, cash, right? but you also need cash. You need you need a fair balance, by the way. After taxes, this yeah. you got to have some. You got to have a solid amount of cash. You got to have a solid amount of assets. You got to use that cash as ammunition income. to get more assets <laughs> when the buying. I mean, is I, I know compared to Kevin and I, as a percent of your cash balance versus your asset balance, it's your cash balance is insanely high. Speaking for Kevin and me. Graham, I'm not 100% sure about, uh, Graham. You got a lot of assets, too, and, well, you always got cash, too. But I'm, I, yeah, I, no, I, I, I have probably crazy. too much cash. If, if we – Too much. Uh, 20 – low 20-something. I'm at, like, 23% cash. 23 million in cash? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's too much, man. That's <laughs> a little bit too much. <laughs> Another seventy-seven million in assets. This episode's being interesting. I'm just <laughs> to be honest, like, filling out a survey. <laughs> I have to fill That's out. what I really want to own more of, but it's just. I'm listening though. So. Wait, just- wait, wait, wait. Then we get into a whole other discussion. Is not a good time to buy. Okay, what are we saying in five years? Still not a good time because I have a friend, man. Friend, he's always like, "Oh, I should have bought a house," and but it's not a good time to buy. Oh, I want to buy a house. It's not a good time to buy, and he's still renting uh, to this no, day. Like- I think a primary house, it's great. If the numbers make sense today, don't wait. But as an investment, mm. I, it, you should be a little bit more cognizant of that. But that's why I bought when I did, even though I, I knew the prices were really high. I still paid cash, mostly because I couldn't get approved either way. So yeah. but, the, the yeah. thing is, though, you know, you look at, you know, folks, even in 2019 in, in Vegas, right? They were like, well, real estate might crash soon. So uh, I'm going to stay on yeah. the side. You know, in like, I don't want to buy a real estate investment property. And meanwhile, you know, look what's happening with prices, right? Um, and so I've just, you know, eventually things will stabilize or calm down. But what happens if if real estate appreciates another 20, 30, 40% over the next two, three, four years? Um, and then it finally stabilizes or maybe goes down. Gosh, I mean, that's if that's the rate of return over the next few years, then I would be like a crazy multimillionaire with my Bitcoin because <laughs> you're yeah. talking about insane inflation numbers right there. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, uh, as long as people are always interested in owning Bitcoin, which 
brings me to another point. How's Michael Burry say Bitcoin's a bubble? At the end of the day, you, you can't say that thing's a bubble. It's whatever price it's going to be, right? It's like I brought out this point earlier. I was like, you know, gold. Bitcoin has the value you know, that people perceive it. So a lot of people perceive Bitcoin to be valuable because it's rare. But I can't say gold it's digital a currency and it's portable. So I don't know. Day, it's, it's I don't agree with Burry on the Bitcoin their, bubble thing. I do think money Bitcoin, and gold, right? Same thing as Bitcoin. Bitcoin right? does have some, some people form of intrinsic value. Hold Bitcoin, right? They, that's like, you know, which I'm totally fine with. I hold Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the reserve. It's only one of the things I disagree with Michael Burry on. Outside of it, he's pretty much right about everything. And so I, I, I don't want to get back on Michael Burry, but it just brought me that point. I'm like, how can you call these things a bubble? No, you should get back to Michael Burry, man. He's smart. Buy it. They, like, they want to buy it, you know? So. Well, it was really interesting what Kevin O'Leary said recently about his gold position because he said that he started to sell off a substantial amount of gold because to, to have gold, like if you're a real gold investor, you, you're not going to have ETFs. You're going to have the physical gold, right? That's what it means mm -hmm. to be a real, true investor of gold. Mm -hmm. And that actually costs you money. Like you are bleeding money storing gold and so he's converting a, a substantial percent i think it was like 20 or 30 percent of his gold position into bitcoin because bitcoin you can actually earn passive income you can actually lend it out right there's DeFi. you can stake it in liquidity pools you can actually earn money on money that's just Wait, sitting there i can and loan out my bitcoin all these smart you know private equity people I and, and hedge that. funds are starting Sick. to wake up to that and so I, I guess when you're saying like how do you value bitcoin it just seems like every year we go forward, there, there's more, I guess, fundamental value that like more people from hedge funds, from corporations, from all kinds of different groups are, are starting to like wake up to what you can do with it. And so the, the supply and demand, that's really the true metric. So as we go forward, there's less and less Bitcoin to buy and you have more and more people with more money start to wake up as to like what it can do. And so I, I don't know. Wow. That's a great point. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Andre. I, I love that. Only thing I will say about Kevin O'Leary, sometimes I wonder if Kevin O'Leary just says certain things or makes certain moves based upon what is kind of the popular thing. Because I remember he used to be negative about Tesla. Then he started to get a ton of hate. And all of a sudden he was like, oh, yeah, I'm Tesla bull now, you know, and, and yeah. uh, you know, the Bitcoin move. But anyways, it, it doesn't it doesn't take away from the point. It is a very interesting. Yeah, I need to try to reschedule. Earn interest. I know in Voyager they give, I think, five and a half percent or something like that if you if you hold bitcoin in there four or five percent or something like that so yeah so what do you what do you think yeah, i should probably bitcoin lend out my bitcoin ETF would do to the price of bitcoin be smart as shit over if we if we get a u.s based bitcoin uh, ETF. there's already one in canada but you mean a crypto etf right no, yeah, yeah. I guess it would be a crypto. Well, ETF. honestly, or a crypto ETF, know, you don't really need. Why wouldn't it just be Bitcoin? Just why couldn't there be an ETF invest in just Coinbase? Price it, it depends on the implementation. Yeah, it could be like you know thirty. Honestly, though, an ETF on every single crypto would be interesting. Like an I was index reading fund up on this today. The best they, cryptos they were that'd be fascinating. That if a Bitcoin ETF volatile comes shit, into though. existence, the yeah. low liquidity of Bitcoin right now, combined with the high level of investor demand to be like, you know what, let me just go and buy a little bit of an ETF. That would send the price shooting up because there's simply not enough Bitcoin on the market right now to Correct. satisfy an ETF. And they're Correct. saying that's one of the reasons why the SEC is probably not going to allow it at this point, at least until it grows much bigger, because they're worried about that effect of, of starting an ETF and all of a sudden day one, the price of Bitcoin triples because it's like, it's just, it's a, it's just, everyone's buying it up along the way. Sure. Ah, gosh, I don't, it does make sense. I don't know why they haven't done it. That, it would be weird if that that's the reason why they don't want to do it though. 
It yeah. Make- yeah. It's it's from my understanding, it's a combination of liquidity, market maturity, meaning they want a long-standing history, not just 11, 12 years, and uh, volatility. If they're going to do an ETF, they wanted something that isn't at risk of dropping 90%. Don't you think that that would actually solve that problem though? By allowing an ETF, you would make it much more stable because you're you're basically growing it in market cap. You're going to make it far more larger. Therefore, stable. I agree. I agree. But that's probably one of the reasons too why they wanted the, the I'm cool with the crypto ETF. Why they wanted to I'd wait for Tesla. They wanted to wait for a little Especially bit more if it was like a time diverse, to go by before they added it cryptos in the ETF. You know, mm-hmm. be good. Good point. Okay, so before we got a few other subjects to get into here today, some interesting ones. But before we do Honestly, that, we got to give a shout out to Bitcoin today's sponsor, would go like crazy which is Millennial uh, Money Clips happened. channel. If you haven't got to check out Millennial Money Clips, definitely do so. That is linked in the description. Okay, that's where we post all our clips. And don't oh, forget Jesus. to smash on this video too. Smash that like button as always. Smash all right, guys. So, button, hey, man. Graham, I saw you came out with a video, Millennials Going Broke. What, what was that about, man? Well, I'm fascinated yeah, by this. the premise of that was that uh, older millennials, on average, are way further behind every other previous generation in terms of wealth, where they are, how much money they have invested, whether or not they're a home ownership. Everything has dropped across the board. And the premise of that is that millennials really need to kick it into gear. And either they're going to have to make more money, save more money, invest more money, or potentially invest, inherit definitely. Uh, their money from their parents. So that's really what that's about. And uh, millennials got served a pretty bad hand overall in terms of nah, entering the job market wisely. at a time where I mean, definitely boomers didn't teach us anything. Then by but the time finally they, they had true. money to participate in the market, they're just getting their bearing. The pandemic happens. Prices go through the roof. A lot of them are priced out of real estate just as they're able to afford it. And it's always like they're constantly like one step behind. So – my solution. Why you got to play the game differently? Basically, you got to think like hedge fund. What's up? Think like hedge fund. You'd be fine. You just got to stop thinking like yeah. a millennial. <laughs> think like a hedge fund. Uh, no, the solution <laughs> to that was uh, protect your downside <laughs> while you're yeah! going to the upside. Go. While the upside's going Let's up. Go, so, protect the downside. Yeah. yeah. So I say, yeah. So if you want to build wealth, short Tesla, uh, buy Tattoo Chef. No, switching jobs. Switching jobs on average, you switch jobs one time on average. Shorting Tesla might be fifteen percent more. And if you switch jobs on average every two to three years, you're going to wind up making 50% more. Wow. That, that's what the studies have found. So I recommended the combination of that, saving the difference and in investing. Honestly, just take the well, money studies, you get from your job and invest it like, are just lazy wisely. Because the previous title and they're bought, self-centered. They're spending how much time on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bought their house for 20 Can you admit, millennials do waste a lot of time. Uh, Get off TikTok. Yeah, my girlfriend's going to hate me for that statement, but get off TikTok, get off social media, and start making no money. Job, so we're just you know, thankful. Start building wealth, start getting assets. Go on YouTube, watch some educational videos. Watch a video like this where I react to non-educational videos. I don't really think these guys are educational. They're fascinating. I do like the debates they have. There's a caveat, though. That's exactly what I did when I left my job to do YouTube because I knew if I had another job lined up, I would never be motivated enough to do YouTube. So I was like, I just kind of jumped yeah, out. Yeah, work of the one job like, I'm and then do, do everything else like, on the side outside of the job. For a year or two, or I'm not going to do it at all. I'm just not going to be motivated enough. So I left with no backup plan, which was not smart in retrospect, but it's what I needed to to do it. In retrospect. Think, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could go really deep on this subject. I mean, I think part of it could also be, I mean, there's so many various factors in this, but also 
you know, I don't know what the one on me. data is around I'd be more than happy to join their show. Into relationships they could put me in the center. Other. They could put me in the center like this. I think like that this. can also have a factor because I think about, See? you know, when I got in a relationship with like, my now wife, mm-hmm. right? We were able to put two put incomes together, right? See, uh, she was able to pay some of the bills, and I was able to pay less bills, right, bunch. once she moved in, which allowed me to then invest more money, right? Because now I have less bills to pay because she's helping out, so I go. can invest more money. And then I also helped her jumpstart with when it came to investing, also. And I was like, oh, you can, you know, buy yeah, stocks yeah. is how you do it, set up an account, right? Got the sun. And so we jumpstarted our lives because we came together and we, we, you know, were on one common path, right? And I got to say, there's definitely a lot of millennials that just aren't as incentivized to get into relationships as last, you know, last generations are kind of like, meh, mm, whatever. If it comes, it comes. I just, I've constantly find folks that are in that 23 to 33 year old bracket, man, that are just like, eh. mm." You know what? I I think that's the difference in generation. Uh, I I happened, this this came up uh, earlier today when I was browsing Reddit. Turns out millennials are dating less. And one of the reasons because of that, well, two reasons. One is because they have less disposable income to go on dates. The other reason is because they're living at home longer. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Ooh, okay. Honestly, yeah. we're going to yeah. Starbucks. When you Seriously. met your girlfriend, you, well, you problem is millennials, their spending habits are idiotic and they kids. buy really dumb things. Yes. My brother is a great man, example. That, my brother is, way, uh, me and my brother, my brother and I are complete opposites, by the way. But he buys really stupid things, buys really expensive things. He thinks he'll make him happy, but he's still a miserable part. Right, and uh, uh, I'm a little mad at my brother right now, so I'm just kind of dissing him. Apartment, man. But he'll that's buy stupid the, that's things. Done if you got a limit and he forces himself to have an overly expensive life. Well, I'm living the cheapest life possible, investing in multiplying thousands of dollars. Just same, uh, same path. Be cheap. And, uh, Learn to be happy you, just you being able to breathe and being able to use what's in between. You land up with a partner who's like, you know, oh, we got to go out to the club tonight. We got to spend money, and then you end up spending double the money. Right. That's it. Yeah. Millennials well, spend too much money. Yeah, exactly. Going to the club, doing really stupid things, being a dumbass. And, and how to build, uh, the problem is millennials don't realize no, that no, they're not no, broke because of, of hedge funds or anybody they're else. They're the broke because they're stupid no with their wealth. They're stupid with their money. That person they're too busy yoloing and trolling. Everybody's going to have things you don't like about them or things you're like, I wish they could change this or that, right? No, build wealth. That's just the way it is. There's a lot of million dollar ideas, Jeremy. We need to create things. an app. I'll be that making money off the rest. With incomes, <laughs> so you just like swipe, swipe. Oh, you make five hundred. Swipe. <laughs> yeah, I, I was oh, gonna yeah. say I don't even know if that would be legal. Imagine how much lying would go on that app, though. Everybody's. <laughs> I'm a CEO. Money. I'm a CEO. It's like you know who could do that? Plaid. <laughs> The company that Ooh. lets you verify. No, I really all don't agree with my generation. Yeah, I think yeah, my generation is oh, stupid dude, as shit. If you read their terms of services, hate, they can I feel sell bad about it, but... all your effing data off all your transactions, all your cards, what you're buying, how much you're spending, what your deposits are. Literally everything in Plaid is information they can sell on you. Somebody could just buy the Plaid API right now. Somebody could buy the Plaid API. Probably make an app like that to where automatically, if you download this new app, like, oh, yeah, this new dating app, it already says, We estimate your income is X. Oh, by the way, you should probably stop spending so much money on beer. Yeah. We should call it the Millennial Money app. Yeah. You're, you're telling me there's a chance. Millennial like Money app sounds like now a great idea. Now we're talking, idea. Andre. Now we're talking, man. Millennials don't know how to budget for shit. They spend way too much money on gay shit. That I guarantee you, if you actually did it, you would make an insane amount of money. 
It's fucking yeah, stupid. Well, we, we should do some sort of millennials are broke because of themselves, that. not because the of anything else. Millennials though, just make really bad choices with their money. To do this a while I know a lot of millennials who make a lot of money and they just wasted all like fucking retard. Ninety five percent guys. I got a problem with my generation, dude. Like excuse. I'm not seeing a therapist about it. My therapy is doing these videos and trashing my generation. So then let's just make grinder. A grinder version, exactly. He's <laughs> just gonna say that a financial grinder version. Yeah. <laughs> We've gone left here. We've gone left. Okay, uh, Andre, what's going on with your house, man? Is that baby ready to move in, or what's going on with that? Dude, it's the most stressful thing ever. It was supposed to be done a month and a half ago. We're three and a half months into the project. Uh, I'm dropping a video tomorrow about it. But yeah, it's been one step yeah, forward. Yeah, I'll watch it, Andre. I love Andre's videos. That Everything's delayed. <laughs> Out of anybody on here, I recommend Andre Jake the most. And, uh, he's the most honest. I remember Graham making a video about his makes really good points. He's just like an intelligent kid. So go Andre Jake. I think he's about my age. He's not really a kid. Wrong. He just looks really like, young. Well, I might as well. But well, I, I look mean, really young too. So I might as well do this. Let's do this right. And it just Dude, leads into. You know what's so funny about you saying that is I literally have. Uh, and, and I'm not trying to like plug here, but I have a thing in, in one of my programs. I have a thing where one of the things I say is nice plug. the worst thing you could say in real estate is while I'm at it, I may <laughs> yeah. as well, because yeah. literally your budget will triple. And yeah. and this is why one like one of the things and it, it is, it's not it's no shade on, on your project because you're going to live there. You got the money and stuff like that. But literally. Every, anytime I go into a property and, and I made the mistake with these big renovations, right? Cause it's just like teardowns and rebuild. Right. But all of these other properties I'm looking at like, Oh look, we have old 1950s cabinets. And I'm like, they look great. <laughs> you know? Cause as soon as you take those out, you're redoing the drywall. But then when, if you're going to redo the drywall, you may as well redo the electrical and may as well do the plumbing. And what about the insulation? And all yeah, that's exactly right. You're just like glaze everything. Glaze this, <laughs> glaze this problem. It's just gonna last five. Years. Pretty much, pretty much. Can can we glaze it? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, Rick, man. No, that's yeah, awesome. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, my housing update. We we got the keys to the new one, man. So excited about that. But um, everything's taking forever. We got certain items, furniture items that we ordered months ago that still aren't coming in for months. I do imagine, like their enthusiasm for real estate, though. August or who knows wherever. It's I mean, they're pretty smart. These kids somewhere. are pretty smart with their real estate. Well, the thing is, like, I'm not gonna even, lie. You know, I just we ordered, uh, I think Sub Zero or whatever fridges. They just right? shouldn't be That's in the stock. But, but the way they play is, the market they is sure they, they try to pump up things and they try to pump and dump, and they're just making it where millennials are the big holders. Yeah. Hey, Graham, what's going on with that coffee company, man? Oh, this? Bankrollcoffee.com. (laughs) We launched it yesterday. I was really excited after like almost a year of working on this thing. So, and it was a, I, it, it was a huge success. I sold more than I ever expected. I do like Graham Stefan. I do like Andre Jake. What's up? Hold got up, major brother. problems with Jeremy and uh, there we go. Oh, I get the whole screen. There we go. Jeremy and me, Kevin. There we go. Oh, bankroll diamond cop. hands. <laughs> okay, I don't agree there with the go. diamond hand. But no, so reference, as a joke, I, just, I, I signed sixty nine mugs, and I'm including a picture of like a framed picture of me signing each individual mug. I numbered them all, sold them for sixty nine dollars. It's just a joke. Those sold out almost within just basically immediately. So by the time I post the video, thirty sold out. You think out. that was mature of you, Graham, to do something like that? <laughs> Funny enough, believe it or not, that was the only profit 
well, not really profit because it, it uh, that basically paid for some of the packaging that we couldn't use uh, because it had old branding. Uh, that was the only profit we made was from those mugs. Every, everything else that we're selling is sold at cost right now. And our goal is really just to build it up, get subscriptions. We make a little bit of money on the bulk orders. But our plan is just this is the cost of acquisition. Instead of spending money on ads and stuff, let's at least pass the savings back on to the customer. So that that's our growth strategy right now. But funny enough, the mugs, that was profit for us. But again, like, wow. but not really, because we had to rebrand anyway. But yeah. Let's so, talk about when you really want to do the app. That's some high growth margin right there. Wait, what? <laughs> let's do the app. <laughs> that's going to make more profit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I still think the millennial yeah. money app is actually oh, no, a solid awesome, idea. Graham. You help Congrats millennials that, get their fucking stuff, finances bro. together. Uh, Kevin, we need a governor down. update. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, well, did a rally here in San Francisco. It was super fun. Uh, it was really cool because we did it right in front of the uh, the city hall. So it was this really beautiful shot. And we were in the San Francisco Chronicle and the paper, and they were taking pictures and stuff. But it's just really cool. And it just it's so weird because it, it feels so... Um, uh, it, I still think so these guys are a little bit pump and dumpy, but I like, like Andre J. Speaking to 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 uh, Graham Stephens a little pump and dumpy. People who want to see California be a better place. Right. So that was fun. Uh, you know, we're gonna do uh, in the future. We're gonna do a lot more rallies together, though, because if we're going to fly out with the team, we may as well just hit here, 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 here and kind of daisy chain them together. So. We're working on them. That that's yeah. awesome, man. And you guys are flying in private jets everywhere. You take uh, how many people go in those private jets? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Kevin, the, uh, most yeah, yeah. the most dangerous phrase in politics is well, we're here, we might as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we were thinking about doing a, a big bus tour, uh, but the problem with the bus tour is I'd be stuck in, in an area and i wouldn't be able to see my family so that would suck so we didn't go for a bus a bus rental for an executive bus was going to cost us two hundred four thousand dollars plus hotel for the driver it was like 220 grand and with carbon offsets so we're not like honestly though, i really driver, wanted to watch this video but i figured i'd just put myself on camera flights, and watch it with you guys flights because they're short flights uh, in a in a private uh, eight-seater jet for two hundred and three or four thousand dollars, so we're actually saving money. We can go to more destinations faster. I see my family, uh, and and we're offsetting. We're paying the offset fees for any carbon emissions, so it actually works out. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I saw that post you did on Instagram where it's actually cheaper to, to do the PJ than it is uh, like you know another form of transportation, and it's quicker. That's just that's yeah. crazy. Man. I don't get how the bus is that much. I mean, I I get mm -hmm. the the convenience factor of mm -hmm. uh, just the time. So your time is worth way more than all of that. Yeah. But for couldn't you buy just like a fully loaded like Mercedes Sprinter van for like 180? Uh, a Sprinter van, it, the so the executive Sprinter vans can be like half a million dollars. Some of the, uh, and we probably we we're estimating we probably need about three of them for, to have a, an entire campaign team with us. Uh, and so what we thought is we we would just split up, uh, and we thought okay, well maybe we could just do one Sprinter van, uh, and maybe do that. Sure. But then again, we solved the same problem of being stuck. What we really wanted was an executive bus where we could have a bunch of volunteers on it to, you know, put 40 people on and have tables you could work on. But to get that kind of executive bus, it's not like an RV where you have a bed and a kitchen. Like you literally need it to be executive style, which those cost one and a half million dollars. Who knew? And then you want to wrap it. It's like 20 grand. The driver costs money. The gas costs money. The, uh, it's just, Got it. Okay. Wow. Cool. 
That's incredible. Well, anyways, Graham, take us home, man. This has been a fun episode. Yeah. So with that said, you guys, thank you so much for watching. Make sure before you leave to subscribe. We got to subscribe. We got to do our part to support the channel. And anyway, also, me, Kevin Strash, Money Clips channel is down know. below in the description. No. Go and subscribe to that as well. You may as well. That channel is posting the best clips out of uh, out of every episode. I think it's twice a day over the week. So every single week, uh, you, you basically get the highlights and can read the comments. I, I enjoy reading the comments of that channel. So link is down below in the description, as with a whole bunch of other goodies down there. So thank you guys so much. Oh, hit the like button before you forget. You may as well just do that. Thank you guys so much. Don't just hit the like button. Hit the dislike button, too. All right, so let's talk about this. All right, so I kind of am okay with the Millennial Money Show. I think it's fascinating, but I still think that they do occasional pump and dumps through it because they know their audience is going to try to buy into what they're recommending. So as you can see, one of the videos here in the recommended video section, our top, our new top five stocks for 2021 is an example of how they pump and dump. Now, I firmly believe these guys are pump and dump artists. And you know what? More power to them. But I want to expose them as well because I don't want to see all you millennials be bag holders because I just don't like seeing people get fucked over. So, so the thing is, millennials will be bag holders. Ultimately, if they try to follow, I mean, if you get in early enough to a lot of these pump and dumps, you might be able to ride the bottom of the momentum train or reach up to the tippy top and sell, right? So it is possible for you to ride the momentum trade and actually make a quick buck. Nothing wrong with it. In fact, I encourage it. But it is all pretty fascinating, you know. It's all very interesting to see how it all goes and. Just, uh, I'm just really excited to see where the market's going. I know it's a bubble, but how long will the Fed keep the bubble, the bubble afloat, keep it pumped, right? Eventually, the Fed won't be able to keep this propped up, and eventually there will be a market crash of like 90 or 80% of value. It's been propped up by a lot of bullshit. So if you can consider what's going on, it's, it's propped up by a lot of BS, man, a lot of BS. And um, I think it's about time we all kind of acknowledged it, realized it, and, and played our cards right a little bit. You know, I don't think a lot of us are acknowledging just how much this market is pumped up. And um, it, it's a pumped up market, sincerely pumped up. And uh, it's a little scary. It freaks me out to see how much, how much the Fed continues to buy it's junk stocks, junk bonds, and all that shit. And um, it, it's rough. It, it, I just don't like the Fed interjecting into the economy. You know, I think the Fed doing the stimulus and printing all this money is just going to eventually hurt the poor and middle class more than anything. Because the poor overspend their money. You know, and they never have any money to save. And then, of course, the middle class save money, which inevitably, because of all the money printing, devalues the dollars they save. So the buying power becomes less over time. And the people who become rich are the investors. So I'm always investing. That's why I always make money. So I'm into assets, stocks, not really bonds. Uh, I do like gold, silver. They're pretty cool. Good, good commodities. But real estate is something I got to get into. But 
I made most of my money from stock market from the stock market. Totally fine with it. Um, I think, you know, and I'm glad I did this review of the millennial money, you know, uh, the millennial money show, because if I didn't, I think, um, I don't know. They're really not bad guys. I do beg on, I'm not gonna lie. I beg on me, Kevin. I beg on Jeremy from financial education, but Andre Jick, man, and Graham Stephan, two young, smart kids, man, I, that, that actually teach you very good, very good investment principles. So I will always recommend Andre Jick. I will always recommend Graham Stephan. I think that they make the most sense and they're, Graham Stephan's a little bit of a pump and dumper. Uh, Andre Jick sometimes does the pump and dump. I think they all do. Um, if they think they have a hot stock, they want to share it, but I think they're doing it to pump up their position. So it's it's a little deceitful. But I do think Andre Jick and Graham Stephan have the best of intentions and the best of, best honestly, best investment philosophies out there. So I would go with those two. Very smart guys. Um, checking a few more things real quick. But overall, um, yeah, I think uh, I think really they are a lot of pump and dump kind of guys, and you kind of have to over time. Uh, yeah, just kind of have to acknowledge that you know I don't think they necessarily have the millennial the, the interest of the millennials in check, you know, so. What can you do, man? I'm just excited to see where this goes. Uh, I do like the Millennial Money Show. It's kind of growing on me, but, you know, as long as Andre Jick's on there, as long as Graham Stephan's on there, I'm all in for it. But uh, sometimes Meet Kevin has some good points. Sometimes Jeremy does, but a lot of their stuff, when they start talking about the next hot stock, it's it's a bunch of hot garbage. So, anyway, thank you guys so much for taking the time to view this reaction video. It was just me basically just kind of interjecting getting angry just me getting angry watching some of it and talking about what i think um but they, they made some good points certain they're not stupid they're smart kids they're smart dudes but i do think that they are pump and dump artists and you should watch out for anything they recommend and if you do hear what they recommend make sure you're the first to hear what they say so that we can get in quickly and then get out quickly you know get a profit quick quickie quickie profit all right. Anyway, thank you guys so much. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> Last video for the night, maybe. I might do another one later, but I'll think about it. Anyway, later, guys, and have a sexy, incredible.